Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the Unplayable Podcast. Sam Ferris here, and today we preview the fourth and final Vodafone test at the Gabba. And here to do that, we welcome the third Australian test debutante this summer. No, we're not talking about Will Bukowski. No, we're not talking about Cameron Green. We're talking about cricket.com.au reporter Josh Shonafinger, who is in the Australian bubble. Josh, welcome, mate. Uh, we're expecting big things from you. Thanks for having me, Sam. I'm a long-time listener and uh, stoked to make my debut. Okay, we're going to preview the fourth test match, but before we do that, let's look back on the third test match. It was a draw, making the series one all. You were there for all five days, Josh. Uh, what was it like watching that game unfold? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I thought initially with the restricted crowd that the atmosphere might be a little bit lacking, but the crowd made great noise all five days. It was good representation. Um, and we had a really good contest in the end. Um, I spoke to the curator, Adam Lewis, just before the match, and he was a bit concerned about how the pitch might play, but I thought it actually held up really well. Um, we got through five days of play, and it just didn't deteriorate probably as much as Australia would have liked on the last day, but it was a, a cracking finish anyway, wasn't it? It was uh, enthralling. It's funny, cricket's it's a weird game, four results available. You can get to five days, there'd be no winner and still be really exciting. Um, what did you think any of that final day? Did you give India much of a chance? No chance at all. And when Rahane was out in the second over, I gave it ne- gave them negative chance. But <laughs> they really fought back well, didn't they? Vahari, I mean, how much did that take? He's had a shocking tour so far. I'm sure he'd admit that. But then to stand up and, well, stand up on one leg and mm. fight off the Aussies. It was really, really good to see. Yep, fantastic. Okay, before um, we go up to the Gabba, stay in Sydney for a little bit longer because uh, it, was a, it was a fairly heated match, a few spicy moments there and Tim Payne was at the centre of most of them. They got done swearing at umpire Paul Wilson, 15% of his match fee taken by the ICC for that one. And then on day five, uh, the stump mics picked up some banter, I guess, or it's pretty much sledging between um, Payne <laughs> and India spinner Ravichandran Ashwin. Payne spoke to the media on Tuesday morning, came forward and unreservedly apologised for his actions, said it wasn't up to scratch. He set a bad example for youngsters and it's not how the team want to act. Um, Here's a little bit of what Tim Payne had to say. I want to apologise for the way I went about things yesterday. I'm someone who who prides themselves on the way I lead this team Um, and yesterday was was a poor reflection um, of that. Um, my leadership wasn't good enough. Um, I let the pressure of the game, I suppose, get to me. Um, it, it sort of affected my mood and then from there um, affected my performance. So I think yesterday when I came off the ground, my reflection was purely on on my wicket keeping, um, sort of sitting back last night and reflecting on the whole game. Um, you know, I think I had a, I said to, to our players yesterday, I think I've had a really poor game as a leader, um, not so much as a captain, but certainly as a leader. Um, I'm a captain who, who wants to enjoy the game. I'm a captain who wants to play the game with a smile on their face. And, um, and yesterday I fell short of, of my expectations um, and our team standards. So 
I'm I'm human. Um, I want to apologise for for the mistakes that I made yesterday. Um, certainly, as I said, not a not a reflection of the way I want to lead this team. Um, you know, we've set really high standards over the last 18 months, and and yesterday was certainly a, a bit of a blip on the radar and, and something that I felt that I needed to come out and address. Um, yeah, bitterly disappointed with the way I went about it. I feel that my my mood throughout probably the whole test match was was probably a little bit off. Um, the way I spoke to the umpires early on in day two um, was also unacceptable. So, um, like I said yesterday, I've got to cop that on the chin. Uh, it's not the way I want to lead this Australian team. It's certainly not um, a reflection of, of how I want to do it going forward. Um, you know, I, I always talk to our players about playing this game on skill um, and not an emotion. And, and yesterday, as I said, I fell, fell short of my own standards and own expectations. So, um, as I said, bitterly disappointed with that. Um, but at the same time, you know, a bit of self-reflection and, um, and being able to learn from it and be able to move on um, to the Gabba test for me was really important. So I wanted to come on and, and address that this morning and, uh, and again, apologise to, to our fans and, and people who um, heard some of the things I said yesterday. Um, it wasn't good enough and particularly from, from the leader of this team. So, um, yeah, I have to cop what's coming on the chin. And um, as I said, I'm really looking forward to getting to Brisbane, bouncing back and and playing the game more um, like Tim Payne plays the game. Um, as I said yesterday, was a poor reflection of that, not something that I want to be known for. Josh, he's done such a great job since they gave the captaincy in the wake of that Cape Town incident. Out of character for Payne. Let's hope that's the last we hear of that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. It, it did. He did seem genuinely remorseful when he spoke to the press today, so that was good to see. And as he admitted as well, it affected his performance. So you know, he put down three chances, some tougher than others, but uh, if he can, you know, return to his form with the gloves and uh, hopefully we don't see any more of these sort of incidents that take the take the talking points away from the cricket. Yeah, don't want to see that. And the thing is that the, the series have been played in such great spirit. We don't need um, this kind of stuff to, to mar the games. Uh, it's been such a great contest and we've got a decider on our hands up at the Gabba and we're going to be there now. Josh, it's been a fortress for Australia, the Gabba. Australia haven't lost there since 1988 against a pretty powerful West Indies side. Uh, Rick Finlay sent out a great stat today on Twitter saying that the last time the Gabba hosted the last test match of a summer was 1933. Australia have won their last seven games there. Uh, Josh, after a flat, dull track at the SCG, I bet the players are looking forward to getting up to a bouncy, fast Gabba pitch. <laughs> no doubt. And Nathan Lyon loves bowling there as well, doesn't he? He always says that the bounce really suits his type of bowling. And well, the quicks, the Aussie quicks, they did toil very hard on the final day at the SCG. Only one wicket in over 50 overs between the three quicks on day five. So I'm sure they'll be looking forward to a bit of extra bounce, a bit of a green tinge and uh, some spice in that Gabba wicket. Yeah, it's been, uh, it really has been a fortress. And in fact, the last seven wins, there've been some huge margins, a couple by innings, a couple, well, there was one, a 10 wicket win against England uh, last time they toured here. So it's going to be... It's going to be well in the favour of the Australians, let's put it that way. Uh, but looks like both teams could make some changes to start with the Australians and Will Pekofsky still in doubt. Haven't heard the results of his shoulder scan uh, yet. He heard it uh, during the test match fielding and then he um, he really bunged it on that, that final day diving for a ball. Uh, let's hope he's fit and ready to go and play that second test match of his career. But if he can't play, Josh, who comes in for him? Yeah, well, thank goodness it wasn't a head injury to Pekovsky, which a yeah. lot of us thought at the time. Um, shoulder, hopefully he's okay. But if he 
it's not okay, well, then it has to, the next cab off the rank probably has to be Marcus Harris, doesn't it? Unless they want to shuffle the order and put Wade back at the top. Yeah, well, let's put that to Ricky Ponting after day five. And he initially went with Marcus Harris. But then the more he thought about it, he thought maybe they'll just go back to what was going on earlier in the series where Matt Wade was opener. Travis Head was in the middle order. Head went out to Leopakovsky to the boo and Wade come back down the middle order for this test match. I wonder if that's the way they'll go. Does someone change? Do you bring in someone like Marcus Harris who hasn't played a game for a fair while now being in the Australian squad uh, and give Travis Head another crack? It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, another left-hander in the team, which might be difficult facing Ravi Ashwin. What do you reckon? Is it Would it be better to, to put a, a specialist opener in there to replace Bukowski if he can't play or go back to what worked earlier in the series? Yeah, I think a specialist opener is probably the way to go. Um, and it especially gives you, um, you know, going forward as well, if Marcus Harris does get some runs and then we can see that, you know, he, he can do it at this level. Um, it was a few years ago when he made his debut against India and he showed some signs, but if he came in and, you know, took the second crack with both hands, that'd be great for Australian cricket adding to that depth. So I think I'd probably be leaning that way, but who am I to argue with Ricky Ponting? Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm there with you, uh, Josh. Uh, India, they've got more headaches. Uh, they know that Ravindra Dejaj has been ruled out, dislocated his thumb uh, while batting. Got a nasty pull from mid-start. That would really hurt. Uh, Hanuma Vahari also in doubt after doing his hamstring on day five. Uh, with those two guys out, looks like there's going to be two certain changes. Risha Pant was spectacular with the bat on day five. Um can he play as a specialist batter? Ricky Ponting thinks so, so we're not going to argue with Ricky. Uh, Ridman Saha <laughs> took the gloves from, from Pant when he couldn't feel it after copping that blow on the elbow. Does he come in and play as the, as the gloveman and Pant plays a specialist batter? The reserve batters in the squad, Mike Agarwal and Pritvi Shaw, more accustomed to batting at the top of the order. And do you want to settle that? Because Shub McGill and Rohit Sharma have done really well uh, opening the batting in the SCG test match. So they've got some headaches. Which way... Do you think the Indians might go? And they don't want to try and unsettle the lineup too much. No, they don't. Uh, I saw a really good stat about it was the first time that India's openers had reached 50 in both innings for a very long time, especially away from home. So do they want to upset that? While Sharma and Gill do have experience batting in the middle order, um, whereas Agarwal and Shaw are more suited at the top. So there are a few headaches. I'm, I'm sure they'll want to stick with what's working for them at the top. Um, and with Pant, if he does play as a special spatsman, uh, I'd love to see him in the field. I think uh, he yeah. might be a bit out of his comfort zone there, but uh, whatever's best for the team. you got to put Pant at short leg, don't you? Or at least first <laughs> slip. Rahane's great at first slip, but put him around the bat so we can at least hear him chirp the Aussie batters. Keep the chirp, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I wonder if it frees him up a little bit if he isn't a gloveman. If he can go there and he plays so naturally anyway, does it just take his game to, to a new level without the gloves? And talking about Sharma, we did a little bit of a deep dive. We've got Andrew Ramsey's research team to file in some stats for us. And he's played uh, 25 innings, batting at number six, bro hit, um, and he averages 54 in that position. So he's not uh, unaccustomed to batting that low. I doubt he would bat that low if they decide to put Agarwal or um, Shaw back at the top of the order. But, yeah, as we're talking about off-air, Shaw back into the lineup. He's got those technical deficiencies that the Aussies uh, make good use of. And going up there at a Gabba Green top, the first morning of a test match, could be trouble. <laughs> it's going to be a baptism of fire for sure if he does come back into the team. Yeah, anyway, India got some decisions to make there. And, of course, 
maybe they go and replace uh, Jadeja with another bowler and Kuldeep Yadav is the guy that would do that. He's not the worst batter, but certainly not at the level of, of Jadeja. So I wonder if they go that. Playing two spinners at the Gabba doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's looking at their squad. I mean, they are depleted. They don't have that many options left. I think there's Nataraj and Shardul or Kuldeep to come in as far as the bowlers go. So do they go for the extra pace? Probably with Ashwin bowling as well as he is. Uh, and then, um, well, do they have any other spin options in the top order? Maybe Rohit? Well, that was Fahari, but he's done his heavy. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think they're, they're, they're short of other options. I know Rahane likes to have the fifth bowler. He's like, yeah, pick five bowlers. We'll back the batters to score the runs. Um, yep. But I always feel like the Gabba gives more assistance to the bowlers. So perhaps you don't need that fifth bowler. And it's a big advantage for the Australians having Cameron Green there because it looked like those quicks were very tired on day five in Sydney. And this is a back-to-back, uh, this is back-to-back test matches, short turnaround, got a lot of overs under their belts in Sydney. Uh, and then if they do get a nice, green, juicy, fast uh, gabber pitch, I'm sure they'll they'll perk up a little bit. But having Cameron Green in there to do some of the, the donkey overs and the graveyard shift will make it easier for them. Interesting to see which way the Indians go with that one. The last draw, as we said, was 2012 against South Africa when Michael Clark got 200,000 runs and uh, yeah. and, and blitzed that he was on fire that summer. Um, so interesting to see which way they go. Rain is forecast over the weekend and there are normally tropical showers at the Gabba, but I feel like there's always a result there. So India don't need to win this game. They just need to draw it uh, to retain the Border Gavaskar trophy. But I just don't think there's going to be a draw there. So... I'll have to wait and see. I don't think they're going to make – what I'm saying is I don't think they're going to make a defensive selection decision, stop the team full of batters and just try and draw out the game. They'll, they'll try and win it. I see. It's interesting you mentioned that draw against South Africa in Adelaide all those years ago. And then, of course, after that, Siddle and Hilfenhaus had to be rested because they were bowled into the ground. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if there's a similar sort of tactic with the Australian bowls with such a short turnaround. We know how important those three are to Australian cricket. So do they go with the safe option or – do they go push all the chips into the middle and go for the win? Yeah, it's interesting. Again, Ricky pointing the sage, we don't, we don't uh, dare question him, but he seems to think the Australians will take the same attack in. But you've got Michael Neeser up there, hometown kid. Bowls Absolutely. Very well, bowls very well the Gabba, swings the ball both ways. If ever he's going to he's handy with a bat as well. And if, if he was going to make his debut anywhere, I reckon it would be the Gabba. This test match, significant for lots of reasons not only being the decider of uh, this enthralling test summer, but it's Nathan Lyons' 100th test match. And here is Nathan Lyons speaking about his career ahead of game 100. Reflecting on my career, obviously I was very young, still learning the game at a rapid rate when I first came into the Australian cricket team, only playing four Shield games before making my debut. Then I think it took me a little while to really find my feet within the Australian cricket side. Had a lot of external pressures from the media and the Australian public asking questions, should I be there, am I good enough? So I had a lot of outside pressure early on in my career, but I was able to be quite resilient and find a way to perform at that level and right now I'm extremely confident where my game's at and my skill set to get the job done. Good! Yeah! Beautifully taken, finger goes up. Quite early in my career, I think it was about my 10th test match, Justin Lang was a assistant coach or batting coach then and he actually pulled me into his room and uh, in Trinidad, Tobago and said that the honeymoon period is over, now you need to start winning games for cricket for Australia. 
Um, so that put a little bit more pressure on me, but I'm very grateful for that advice and I was able to go out and try and get better each and every day at training. I think those words from JL at, at the time were probably a little bit eye-opening, but I think JL did it in the right way behind closed doors and allowed me to process it in my own language and was able to go back and, and call my dad and my sounding board and really try and find a way and try and learn about the game and try and get better each and, each and every day. I was very lucky to play with the likes of Pontin and, and Hussey and had an unbelievable captain at the start of my career under Michael Clark, so I had a lot of support, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. I'm probably thinking a lot quicker on my feet than where I was at the start of my career, but I think that's only natural. I've played over 160 first-class games, so I think I've learned about the game and I'm trying to read the game before it actually happens. And I think if you can plan out things before it actually happens, I think that's a massive thing. Josh, what's your favourite Nathan Lyon moment? Oh, well, there are so many to choose from, Sam. Um, the first, his first wicket of Sangakara, first ball in Test yep. cricket, that that was very good. Card to go past. Um, also loved his match-winning spell against India in Adelaide, um, 2014, I believe. Yep. Uh, but I think my favourite's probably going to have to be when he top scored for Australia in that fateful day at Cape Town. It was 14 to get Australia what? up. <laughs> That's your favourite <laughs> right. moment. Australia were 9 for 21, staring down the barrel of the lowest test score ever. Ah, right. Ian Siddle combined and saved Australia's, well, to a degree, saved their blushes. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant Cape Down in uh, 2018 where he got some runs there <laughs> as well, I think, and it took his 300th wicket, which has been overlooked for what else happened in that test match. Um, yeah, 9 for 21, that was bleak. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's thank a, you, Nathan, for that. Yeah, thanks for saving it. Um, 36 is pretty bad. 21 is awful. Uh, I also loved um, when Nathan Lyon got confused for our mate Ricky Ponting coming out as night watchman <laughs> in Ricky Ponting's final test match. Uh, everyone was expecting Punter to come out and bat and they've given a big cheer and then out comes Nathan Lyon. So Ricky Ponting in disguise, that was a great moment. But what a what an effort for, for Nathan Lyon. I mean, who knows where he's going to finish up on the test charts. I mean, he's, he's third at the moment behind Warner McGrath. I think someone said on commentary the other day, to get past Warner, he'll need to play till he's 39, which is uh, a long stint. But he's such a an elite performer and there's not a whole lot of uh, depth in Australian spin stocks. Mitch Swepson's taking some big strides. Uh, in recent times, but there's not a long queue behind Nathan and Mitch Swepson as well. So, I mean, the, the role's his uh, for as long as he wants it, I, I'd imagine, as long as he keeps performing. I wonder where he'll end up. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, well, he's probably got a, at least another three or four years, doesn't he, in the bank? So that's another 30 or 40 tests. Um, he's certainly going to be pushing McGrath, I would say, by the end of his career. Um, and so that's really good to see. I'm not sure he'll get to Warren's level, but... You know, modern-day um, sports psych and, and sports physio, who knows? Uh, no, one, no one thought he'd get to 400 and here he is. Yeah, and the remarkable thing is he hasn't succumbed to injury. He's only missed, I'm trying to think, maybe three test matches in 2013. He got dropped over there in India. Mm-hmm. I think he got recalled, um, played the last game, got seven far, and then he got dropped for the first two tests of that Ashes series and since then hasn't missed a game. Uh, so the longevity thing is just amazing. Here are some of uh, Nathan's Aussie teammates summing up the GOAT, as they call him in one word, and then um, what makes him such a great teammate. First word that comes to mind when you hear Nathan Lyon. The GOAT. Two words. 
Goat. <laughs> That's probably the first. Goat, obviously. Or oh, nice Gary. <laughs> Gary. Probably goat. Oh. Gaza or the goat? Yeah, that's probably the the two. <laughs> what makes him such a good teammate? I think um, his willingness to do anything for the team. Um, you know, you know he's going to try his backside off when you walk over that white line with him. And he's awesome to have around the dressing room. He's. Um, He's always looking to have a good time, he's always funny, um, he's always upbeat about anything um, and everything. So, um, fantastic to have on your side as a young person, you show me the ropes. Catch it, the call, the man settling out in the deep, Travis Head secures it. Very passionate about the team and um, yeah, helps out wherever he can, wants everyone around him to get better, he wants himself to get better and yeah, I think that makes him a really good team. Yeah. Taken, Smith. Wears his heart on his sleeve, and I think I like that. You know, seeing people, you know, being open, and and their, you know, obviously his skill is is what's his greatest asset for our team as well. Takes it on and gets it all away. The goat. Oh, he's pretty selfless. Like you can lock him, especially in game. You can lock him down one end, and he lets the quicks rotate from the other end. It's pretty phenomenal. And he bowls through like you know his finger tears in half at times, and I'm, I'm sure he gets very fatigued bowling 30 overs a day sometimes. So um, very selfless to be able to just work away at one end. And um, you know, as a team, as a four, those guys have got great camaraderie. So yeah, I'd say he's a selfless teammate. Josh, we're going to finish today's episode with play it or leave it. Last week, Andrew Ramsey had a shocker. Rohit Sharma hit a six. There wasn't a result. He did say there wouldn't be a crowd catch, but geez, there were a few bombed. There was an awful oh. crowd catching by the SCG patrons. What are you guys doing? Can I just say Cameron Green's four sixes on day four, the TV coverage did not do them justice. They were absolute huge hits. And uh, long may that continue. We want to see more of that from him at test level. Absolutely. Cameron Green didn't get a wicket either. What are you doing, Greeny? Come on, mate. So let's do play to leave it. Are you aware of how this game is played, Josh? Uh, can you run me through the rules, please? I'm going to bowl you a scenario. You can either decide to play it or leave it, agree or disagree with it. And let's start off with Cameron Green to get a wicket. This is the third test in a row. We've asked this one on play to leave it. Mike Assey said yes, didn't happen. Actually, we asked Mike Assey if he could get two or more wickets, didn't get any. We asked, uh, we asked Andrew Ramsey, would he get one wicket? Didn't happen. Um, will he even get a bowl of the Gabba? But that was, so let's say, um, will he get his maiden test match wicket up in Brisbane? He will get his maiden test wicket and it's going to be Ritaman Saha and oh. it's going to be caught behind. Wow, you've gone as far as uh, being extremely descriptive about the wicket. I like it. So you're playing at that one? Yep. Uh, let's stay with... Um, the Gabba and Marnus Abishane, 250s in the third test match, 91 and just missed out in the second innings again. Marnus Abishane to get 100 on his home turf. Yeah, look, he did it last summer, so why, that, why can't he back it up? I think he's looking good with the bat. He was absolutely devastated not to be able to cash in on those two starts mm-hmm. he got in Sydney. So knowing how hungry he is for runs, I'll play that one as well. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one because it's been a – Series mainly dominated by the bowlers, and I reckon there'll be a fair bit in it at the Gabba. So okay. I'm thinking that there might be a low-scoring game, especially if there is 
overhead conditions. It is humid. The ball might swing around a bit more. So Will we see any course. centurions, do you think? Uh, I think we'll see at least one. Okay. At least one centurion. Yeah, one century maker. Okay. Um, we saw three runouts in Australia as well as India's first innings, right? Australia executed three runouts. Fourth time they've done that uh, in their history. One of only two teams to execute four runouts in an innings. But the last time they did it was like 95, I think, something. So it was like 25 years since it last happened. Will we see more than one run out across the whole test match at the Gabba? Uh, well, there have been a lot of run outs so far in the series, not just in Sydney, haven't there? And, and important yep. ones as well. Mm. Um, but I'm going to shoulder arms at that one and say that uh, the running between wickets is going to improve because players will be so determined to keep their wicket on a spicy gab a pitch they won't be even even leaving their creases i like it actually nathan line pulled off a great run out in that uh, 2017 ashes series which steve smith actually said was the turning point of the whole series there was just like three days into the summer and he's going yeah that's <laughs> a turning point nathan lyon's run out of james vince they won four nil so who's to argue with steve smith let's go with uh nathan lyon to get his 400th wicket andrew ramsey said no he left it at the scg but now he's only, what, four away, I think, uh, at the yep, Gabba. Yeah, four away. Shane Warne always loved bowling at the Gabba. If, it's, if, it's, um, if it seems it spins, you like the extra bounce out there, and Nathan Lyon gets extra bounce on the flattest of wickets. So Nathan Lyon to get his 400th wicket in his 100th test. Gee, my heart says I oh should my play God. that. Come on, But Josh. my head says that I'm going to have to leave that. He might be stranded on 399 or less. Wow. He will definitely get it. That's my mate. This is a Cameron Green six over Long On. I'm smashing. <laughs> I'm, I'm smashing this one. Yeah, he'll get three in the first. He might finish with six for the game. Uh, so look out for second innings. I would love to say that. Big toss of the Gabba, Josh. If Australia have to bowl first, short turnaround, having spent 130 overs in the field, it's going to be some tired legs. That's that's it's just a huge toss. They all they're all big, but this one in particular. <laughs> Last game of the summer, I think if uh, if India can somehow get that the coin to fall their way and uh, bat first and get the Aussies back out in the field, it's going to go a long way to helping them win that game. Um, how about the game to go five days? The game will go five days. We've only seen what have we seen? Three days, four days, five days this summer. Can't go to six. Are we going to are we going to get it to a fifth day with that rain looming around, or will this game be wrapped up before then? No ICC super test, six-day super test areas no, for this one? No, the timeless test in Durban. That was, what, 78, nine years ago. That's uh, might even be longer now. Yeah, that's not in play here. No, I'm with you. No chance this is going the, the length, uh, which is probably good for me. If uh, I don't I don't really want to back up a full five days either, do I? You know, So yeah. <laughs> got um, to keep some petrol tickets in the tank. I'm going to go uh, four-day test for this one. On, on a nice spicy wicket. Nice. I like that. Short test, good test. Although you love the romance of a, of a, of a fifth day. It was great seeing the guys bat out of a draw um, at the SCG. And finally, it's one all. Australia don't have the Border Gavaska trophy. Australia to win at the Gabba. Yeah, I'm going to play that one. Sam Australia will regain the Border Gavaska trophy. Huge. We've heard it here first. Australia are going to win 2-1. I actually think Ricky Ponting predicted that. This has become a uh, 
semi-Ricky Ponting podcast who just regurgitating everything he said. But, you know, if you're going to regurgitate someone's uh, predictions, who better than Ricky Ponting? Um, that's it. Josh, we're done for the Unplayable podcast uh, for this test summer. We'll come back next week and, and recap it all. But good luck to you. And I must say, as far as debuts go, someone's right up there. Well played. Thanks for having me, Sam. A lot of fun. Great stuff. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Unplayable podcast so you don't miss an episode this summer. And for all your breaking news, live scores and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app.